Well, wasn't that fantastic? Great to see all the, uh, the kids involved and to retell the beautiful story of Christmas. I'm just going to just share with you just for about five minutes or so before we head out and, and have dessert. On the 17th, on the 17th of December, 1903, can you kids remember back that far? On the 17th of December, 1903, the Wright brothers first took flight. And I've got a picture of it here. Maybe you do it, mate. The Wright brothers, Wilbur and Orville Wright, first took flight at Kitty Hawk Airport in North Carolina. And it was a great occasion. After many years of trialling their flying machine, they were able to take flight for the first time. Wilbur was able to fly for 12 seconds on his first attempt, but it was Orville on his fourth attempt. They flew for 57 seconds. Wow. Now this was an amazing achievement. This was a fantastic moment in history for mankind to be able to take flight. It was a joyous thing and they were so excited about the triumph, about this wonderful achievement that they raced to the telegram office. They wanted to tell the world that mankind had taken flight. And so they sent a telegram home to their sister and this is actually what the telegram said. It said, success, four flights Thursday morning, all against 21 mile wind. Started from level with engine power alone. No wind, engine power. Average speed through the air, 31 miles, longest 50 seconds. And then it says, inform press, home for Christmas. So they wanted to tell the world, get this out there into the newspapers that we have taken flight. So the sister with the, the telegram went to the local newspapers with the news of this great triumph. And the editor of their local newspaper in their hometown said that he'd see what he could do. Not the next day, but the day after on the 19th of December, on page six was this title, The Wright Brothers Home for Christmas. <laughs> Underneath was a, a, a few sentences that said, the Wright brothers, the inventors of the flying machine, will be home to spend time with their parents this Christmas. You see, the editor completely missed the good news of that story. He completely missed the triumph and the celebration of what that telegram was supposed to be about. And I wonder, as we think about our modern day Christmas, if we think about the way we celebrate the Christmas in our modern era, do we do a similar thing to the editor of that newspaper? And do we miss the headline? Do we miss the real news? Do we miss the good news of Jesus actually coming into our world as a baby to give us life, to give us peace, to give us joy? In fact, as a church, we remind ourselves of this uh, with an Advent wreath and, and we have some certain words on the candles that remind us of the good news of what Christmas is all about. And last week we lit the candle of hope. And this week we light the candle of peace. Now, peace. If we look around us, the world we live in today, I think we'll all agree we see 
hatred, violence, wars, natural disasters, tensions between people, uh, injustice, and that's just in my house. <laughs> in reality, the world around us is, is full of the human condition that is, is tragic and struggling and striving to find purpose and meaning. And in our hearts, we can also find that same sense of struggle. And if you grieve like I grieve when you turn on the news and you see what's happening in the world around us, you're tapping into something that is unique and it is sewn into every single soul of the human race. And that is a deep desire for peace. I think peace is the one thing that every human being longs for and yearns for, not only in the world, but in our hearts. You see, we're all created with this, this hole in our, in our lives, in our hearts, that can only be filled by finding peace. In fact, the word for peace in the Bible means wholeness. It means completeness. It means that all things are well. So, if we're longing for completeness, if we're longing for the sense of all is well, then what we're longing for is peace. So how do we obtain peace? As we look around again, the world longs and goes to all sorts of avenues to find this completeness, to find this wellness, to find this wholeness. The prophet Isaiah, in um, centuries before Jesus was born, he prophesied of his birth and he said that Jesus will be called many things. He'll be a wonderful counsellor. He'll be the mighty God, eternal father and the prince of peace. See, when Jesus came as the prince of peace, he came as the owner of peace, as the possessor of peace. And the angels who so wonderfully joined in that chorus, glory to God in the highest heaven, peace on earth and goodwill to all mankind. What they were stating was that peace in the form of a person has arrived. Peace is here and peace is now obtainable. Peace is now accessible because Jesus is amongst us. You see, peace cannot be found in unwrapping a present or getting the perfect Christmas meal or in dealing with the in-laws for the perfect time. Perfect peace is actually found in a person and his name is Jesus. And that is what the, the headline story of Christmas is about. So my prayer for you this Christmas is as you unwrap gifts and as you give and receive gifts, that you would know and receive of the most wonderful, precious gift, the Prince of Peace. And that as you invite him into your life, you will actually experience and the wonder and the beauty of this, this peace. So don't settle for a six-page story of Christmas. Go for the headline. Go for the main news, the good news, that Jesus has arrived and that he is longing to be in your life and to offer you his peace. Will you join with me as I pray? Lord Jesus, we thank you that you have come into our world as the Prince of Peace. And Lord, as we go into this Christmas season with all of its chaos and all of its uh, trimmings and all of its organisation, we pray that most of all, we would remember that you have come in the midst of this chaos to bring us your peace. I pray for every person here in this room 
that they would be blessed and that they would come to know you and therefore receive the peace that they so long for in their lives. We pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that concludes our time in here. Just in a few moments, we're about to move out back in and have our dessert course. Uh, the ladies have been preparing dessert course for us, and I'm sure all the kids are excited about that. But just a couple of things before uh, we head out. First of all, if you're a guest uh, here today and you've enjoyed the fellowship and the community that's here, we meet every Sunday here at the high school at 10 o'clock, and we welcome you to join us every week. And secondly, if there is a sense of wanting to discover more about this man, Jesus, if you're wanting to that peace that I've talked about, feel free to have a chat to anybody as you have dessert or come and see myself and we'd love to tell you more of the Christmas story and the good news of Jesus. I also want to thank the kids. Can we just give the kids another round of applause? That was fantastic. And I want to give my thanks to Kerry and to MB for the hard work of putting that together. It's a stressful time working with kids, putting a, a nativity play together. And a big thank you to everyone who has been part of setting up and making this day happen. I know that there have been people behind the scenes, people filling up water bottles, people making sure there's enough chairs. You've all chipped in and I want to thank you all for that. After the, our time here, we are going to need a bit of help packing up. So if you are free to stay behind once the festival time is over, we'd love as much people to help to get the place back to how it was. May I invite you to come and join for dessert.